0: What's up, everybody? I'm Brian Barrett, former Boston sports radio guy and now host of the new Ringer show, Off the Pike, that'll cover all your favorite Boston teams and stories from Fenway to Foxborough to the Garden and beyond. We're reacting to all the biggest games and moments with episodes at least three times a week featuring myself, and some of your favorite guests at the Ringer and in the city. Plus, if the Celtics or the Patriots make a surprise
1: trade, if the Red Sox go on a run, or if any news breaks, we'll drop instant reaction episodes too so you're always up to date with the latest chatter. Get in on the action
0: and follow Off the bike with me, Brian Barrett, now on Spotify. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast, unlike any other. Oh, yes, my friends, we are together. This is the final preview of the 2023 U.S. Open Championship here on Faraway Rollin'. The Golf Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, joined by my... Incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour correspondent, Boots on the Ground, Nathan Hubbard, the Nate Dog, and I were on course today for many hours and had an extraordinary experience. We can't wait to share it with all of you. The first tee is wide open, the pegs are in the ground, and we are swinging away. Nate Dog, let's get this thing going. We have so many things to say. We want to get all the birdie buddies, the Eagle enthusiasts, the par saving pals ready at this last minute for this incredible championship, staring us in the face. How
1: you feeling, buddy? Well, I'm feeling like I want to hear your first impressions of the course. I have seen it a bunch. It looked about the same today, but a lot of grandstands around it. But you had immediate reactions as soon as your feet touched that grass.
0: Yeah, so multiple reactions multiple immediate reactions uh and we've had the great good fortune of many of our friends in this golf media business sharing with us their perspectives we've had the fried egg drone videos we've had folks explaining you know the, the, the texture of grass and everything you really can't get uh and this is not you know uh, an absolutely whammy of an observation but you really can't um, take in the scale, take in the scope, take in the 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 variety of elevation and the way the breeze is going to blow, blow until you're on site. And Nate Dog, uh, I want all the birdie buddies to to understand how appreciative I am of the experience that you delivered to me today because we had a game plan about taking in the course and, and seeing some sights and making sure that we saw some last minute preparation from some folks. And you'd looked at the schedule and you observed one guy that's, that's a strong Eagle enthusiast and a fan of ours. And, and then the, the, well, really, I should say we're fans of his Joel Damon, uh, had a tea time a little after 11 o'clock this morning, we circled it. We said, why don't we just go walk with, with JD for a little bit, experience this joint from, uh, that perspective, we arrived really at the very perfect time. He had hit his tee shot on 1. He walked over to the ropes and all of a sudden we are inside the ropes Nate Dog walking down the first fairway and conversing with Joel, conversing with his his caddy Gino B. I'm going to let you say Bonali. Sure, Bonelli. <laughs> <laughs> And we walked the entire front nine with JD and Gino and we're really treated to a front row seat of the last minute preparations, the, the strategic discussions, the um, work around the greens, the work in terms of selecting lines off the tee. Now, they've, they've been out here, they've been playing, but this is the last minute. Okay, here's how we're going to tackle this kind of dialogue. It was absolutely marvelous to to experience and it it helped us experience the golf course especially me not ever having been on grounds before in an unprecedented way uh seeing it through the eyes of a professional that's about to compete in our nation's
1: championship um so thank you for that well i'll say you really are a fun guy to walk the course with because you have an appreciation of course architecture And I think the first thing that probably stood out for you when we got onto the grounds was it wasn't concrete, was it? Those fairways are firm, yes, but you can feel some give underneath your feet. And that's a good thing because the second thing that you noticed when we got out there was that as wide as the fairways look they are as narrow as they could possibly be in practice because they are so sloped on many holes. And I'm thinking of three, I'm thinking of five, I'm thinking, right, on and on. On and on. They are eight. They are so sloped that there is turf that has never been used before by a golfer because the slope is so severe on those fairways that any ball that would be hit there will roll 20 to 50 yards down either to the left or right of that position depending on where it lands
0: and one of the remarkable things as we walked inside the ropes was observing where the USGA had put down protective netting because they anticipated you know the the, the way the guys are going to play these holes with this enormous shape this the slope to them um a lot of balls will end up in these particular areas so they, they don't they want, want guys they won't, it, it's the only they place it funnel. can go
1: if it hits the fairway.
0: That's right. And so they will funnel. They did funnel. And so the USGA is protecting that turf <laughs> until yes. there's actual competition so that, you know,
1: guys will have, you know, non divot yes. shots to hit in first thing. 13 tomorrow is morning. another example of that. I mean, I, and so I guess my question to you is we saw. So the fairways are going to run. Did the rough surprise you today? This is different than what we saw at the Country Club last year. It's different than the way we think about U.S. Open rough. Certainly different than what we saw on television at Winged Foot, uh, where it was grown up, and if a ball went in there, it was dead. It didn't feel like if a ball goes in some of these spots in the rough, it's dead, did it? It's not uniformly dense,
0: thick, uh, 3.5-inch, 4-inch, 5-inch Oakmont. Grass rough. It's not that. It's that California grass. It's not Cucuyu, which is the the type of grass that, you know, prevails in some of these um Los Angeles courses, most prominently over there at Riviera. Mm-hmm. It's a different uh brand of grass. I think it's a Bermuda, it is a um, Bermuda. hybrid. Yeah. Yes. And the fairways are 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 Bermuda um as well um but yeah it looked like you there isn't a you it's going to be a little bit of of luck you know you could get a bad lie in in this rough but you also have manageable lies and a lot of the experience we had walking around was um guys putting balls down into the rough at various depths in the rough and then chipping up you know for, for for uh potential par saving kind of practice and chipping to where pins might be on these greens. Um, but one of the things for sure, Nate dog, I want to try and convey this golf course has enormous elevation to it. It is mm-hmm. every bit the rival of Augusta national in terms of the challenge of the walk. Now the elevation is slightly different in my experience at um, the LA country club and, in the sense that, that um, you kind of move up, and then move up, and then move down. At Augusta, they're, they're giant ski slope kind of um, right. terrain. You're in a bowl um, in Augusta. Yes, exactly right. And walking the, the, the circle of the bowl. That's exactly right. Great way of putting it. This thing has loops to it. And it, you move up, you move down, you move up, 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 you move down, you move over, big swoop down. So, uh, Lionel Richie's house. Yeah. (laughs) I took a picture of the garden.
1: I wish he'd come out and sung all night long to us, Nate. (laughs) Well, I think all night long is a good, is a good transition to one of the challenges of this course is that they may be playing all night long because of how tightly packed some of these tea boxes are next to greens. And we should say the rough uh, around the fairways is manageable around the greens you know, it looks like Grimace from McDonald's fur or something. Like you're not, There are not. some parts where you are dead around the dead, greens. Dead, dead. Absolutely and, true. and we saw them negotiating some of those spots. But, but let's just start on the pace of play thing. They're hoping to get these rounds in four and a half hours. I think we're going to be shocked if they get it in in less than 5.15, aren't we? These are going to be long-ass rounds.
0: Yeah, I, there there's no avoiding it. Part of the charm of the golf course for the members that belong to it in regular life is the wonderful proximity, the design concept, the intuition of greens to tee box, greens to tee box. Well, that proximity um presents a challenge when you're you're competing a championship of this caliber and
1: this ilk Nate Dog and I mean, the first tee is literally on the balcony of the clubhouse, basically. <laughs> you will be well, able to throw a gin and tonic at the guys teeing off if you are a member of this club.
0: That That's typical. That's the regular. But once you start moving around, there are a yep. lot of places where the green and the tee box are close, and if they play the, to the very back of the tee box, then you're going to have to wait for guys to putt out. Cause you're not going to be and able seven, to an
1: example of that. Right.
0: Absolutely. Right. Five and, and,
1: and eight yes. or five. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Five and seven as well. It's just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Eight, eight and five, or, or the tee boxes of eight and five basically occupy the same, um, area. And and, five, and, yep. and, 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 uh, 7 green is immediately adjacent to it. so That's right. You know.
1: 14 T, 13 green are, are the same thing. I mean, it's, it's one of the lovely parts of the course, as you say, is the way that it's packed in. But it, it's going to keep guys a lot slower than we think. But w- it, it does appear that the USGA has thought about this. And we think that uh, the, some of the ways in which they're going to set up the course, including pins and including uh, where they put the T's, could be impacted by the fact that they got 150-plus guys they got to get through this field over the first two days. The the instincts that we have and the buzz around the course house is that the first two days are going to play a little bit easier and that maybe they're going to crank up the difficulty level once they get through a cut on the weekend. Is that what you felt, too? It's the only way to get 156 guys around this golf course in in, in
0: two days. I mean, if we don't want to be playing on Saturday morning to complete the second round, then we there's... Then we're going to have to have, you know, tees in in positions where the guys can get off and pins on these greens that let guys get through the greens.
1: This golf course is east of Reno, Nevada. So we are very far east in the time zone. We do not have tons of daylight where, you know, unlike the East Coast where it just goes and goes and goes and goes. I mean, the last guys to tee off on this golf course, tee off at 227 p.m. tomorrow at I, you know, I mean, if it's a five hour, 15 minute round, it's going to be tight.
0: Yeah. And what, one of the things for sure, as we try and, and compare notes on our final picks and prognostications for who might have success here, it's going to definitely be a marathon and it's not going to be a marathon. Like what we anticipated with the masters where there was bad weather and we knew the weather was going to interfere no. and interrupt. This is going to be a marathon of guys who can keep their focus over five and a half, five hours and forty-five minutes. Um, you know, with with the challenge and and be able to bounce to to accept the bounce of the golf ball. Uh, and 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 you know whatever result is obtained because you're going to get some unfair and unlucky, you know, bounces. The ball's not going to behave, you know, linearly at this
1: golf course. It's not. It's it's two giant canyons, and and it wants to roll for sure and and we saw that with Joel uh, he took he 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 was in the rough on the right on f- 4 5 4 is the par 3 he was on the rough in the rough on the right on 5 and he took he made two completely different plays one was with a 8 iron that he popped way up in the air uh, approaching the green the second was with a punch 7 that he ran way up the left side almost a British open type shot where he just played it and ran it along the ground and used a huge, massive slope to bring the ball back. There's going to be a lot of pieces of the puzzle to put together. What we saw today as these players went through was guys who were having to think in ways that they haven't before. I mean, we, we saw Tommy Fleetwood coming off the back of getting into a playoff and darn near winning the Canadian open spend 35 minutes on the sixth hole we,
0: we were super lucky. He came up to our group, he and his caddy, and, you know, he, he was experimenting. He had a putter and a wedge or two wedges in his hand, and he was experimenting to different pin positions and different lies and around um, the, the six, seven, eight 7 um, you know, juncture of holes. And we got to walk um, with those guys and observe the conversations that they were having about potential strategy, about potential pins and what the ultimate goal was going to be. I'm glad you made that point about the ground game. I honestly think somebody I can't recall who made the observation, you know, it's obviously not a Lynx course, but you need to be prepared to um ha- have a little bit of of imagination, a ground game kind of imagination around here. And I think Nate Dogg, that might you you understanding all of that having played this place a bunch of times is the reason that you picked jordan spieth as as your uh lead horse for the week now we will at the end of our conversation today yeah we'll circle back and talk about you know some of the guys that we think you might have success based on um the experience the way the golf course is playing i do want to make sure so the the weather today was completely overcast the marine layer never left we didn't get any sun whatsoever yeah. and so there was no burn off of you know any of the moisture there was to me as an east coast guy walking on bermuda there was a it wasn't wet by any stretch of the imagination but it was not that super hard dried out firm and fast the greens are rolling impeccably we got to yeah. you know walk on the greens watch the roll the putts that were rolling dylan Wu. And uh, uh, J.D. Joel Damon and um, Tommy Fleetwood, we got to see them try putts to a variety of different pin positions. We wondered aloud with Gino how the speed might, you know, change over the course of these next few days. The speed has to be tempered for tomorrow and Friday, but you know, there's no reason if the weather, if the sun comes out for a portion of of the next couple of days, and I think your weather forecast in front of you suggests that maybe Sunday that they can't let the the Greens go ahead and
1: rev up for the weekend, right? I I think that's right. I also think as you're looking at the first two days, there's some sort of small chance of a little bit of rain, which would be weird because it's June today. Maybe we get it, maybe we don't. But generally speaking, it looks like Thursday is going to be a lot more clouds than sun and that Friday afternoon, we might see a little more sun. So that would imply that the people who play late and early might have a slight advantage. And so that's players like... You know, DJ goes off late, Rory, Cam Smith brooks kepka go off late on thursday and then they'll be early jordan spieth and patrick cantlay go off late and then early on friday morning so those are guys who are going to play mostly under cloud cover and their course is going to feel a lot like the one that you walked on today i think it could be that by friday afternoon the thing starts to dry out a bit and, and we heard from a lot of our golf media friends that yesterday and monday when the sun was more out uh, as those balls were hitting the fairways they were getting more of that traditional thud like it was hitting that that concretey harder stuff a little bit like what we started to hear at memorial on sunday 2 weeks ago
0: yeah and and part of the challenge uh, um, strategically will be as that transformation starts occurring what does that mean in terms of approach uh, you know how where what side do you try And hit a ball to what yardage are you trying to hit a a, a ball to? Because it feels like, to me, having walked that front nine inside the ropes, having the lines, watching Joel play the lines that he played, there are not going to be very many pins that these guys are going to have an opportunity to go at. It's just not that kind of golf course.
1: No, I... I, I... (laughs) You know, I I do think the firmness of the greens is going to depend on. It, it's going to dictate that though, because I I think today Joel walks off that course, and a lot of the guys that we watched walk off that course feeling like there are birdie opportunities though. House, it yeah. depends on where they. T- you know, it depends on where they put those pins. But I I I think there are more birdie opportunities than your traditional U.S. Open. I don't think this is going to be a. One guy at one under, one guy at even, two guys at plus two in the top, you know, four. It feels like there are going to be some chances for guys to go. But that said, I think you're going to have to work mentally around this course. And that always sounds so like it's kind of a douchey thing to say about a golf course. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But really... Joel who doesn't think much as we know I mean he, that's he, not nice he's a grip it and rip it kind of I mean that's not true he, he's very cerebral in his own way but uh he walked off that sixth green which again for the birdie buddies is very short par four where players are gonna be forced to make a choice they can go at the green they can absolutely get there but it is death all around that green and there's a big saddle in the middle of six green that makes the the chipping, if you miss the green, very, very difficult depending on pin placements. And so you will see some guys lay up to the left, which will be 40 to 60 yards left of where they normally would would shoot. Uh, And you'll see some guys who just say, let's go and go right at it. Depending on the pin placement, that's going to have a whole different risk-reward strategy. But Joel walked off that hole today and looked at us and said, not a lot of golf holes that make you think like that. And you know, I don't
0: think it's it's, it's a hot take. Um, I've been lucky enough to have played Riviera a couple times. Riviera ten, especially, comes to mind as as you know a revered short par four. This this short par four number six at L.A. Country Club might might grab the mantle as the most you know sort of uh, climactic short par four. I mean, I know it's on the front side. We had the short par four, the drivable par four at um Oak Hill, the 14th hole but that didn't end up producing like a ton of uh, uh, of drama guys were able to navigate that right
1: yeah yeah they're, they're, it's a little bit more analogous to something that you see at Quail Hollow or maybe even in the match play at Austin or or that hole that we're going to see next week in uh which is I think I believe is 16 at TBC River Highlands right 15 15 yes it's 15. Yeah, Thank 16 you. Is 16 is the part, is three. The part yeah. three yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. so th- these are these are the fun ones but this one i mean you made the point and i think you should just say it directly or i'll say it for you because this was your take you looked at me and said this is a better hole than 10 at riviera i do think right. that
0: i do think it because they're the layup options are so much more prominent you really have to like get to a number and one of the things we heard that I liked very much that I think is is uh, a really interesting observation. Tommy Fleetwood's caddy said, you know what, guys, 85 is going to be a super important number around this golf course, meaning an 85-yard shot from a variety of different holes. It's like an 85-yard shot will be important on six. Obviously, if they set up um, the short par, four, par three, I'm sorry, on the back, it's 15, right? Yeah. Um, if they, they get that to that yardage that 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 everybody's been anticipating. Under 90 sure. or something. Yes, yeah. yes. And just all the way around the golf course, an 85-yard shot might an, end up being um, really important. But to your, your point earlier about birdie opportunities, we did watch Joel Damon almost hole. He hit it to two inches. His approach on the third hole um, where he hit a drive up the right side that when we got up there because of the enormous slope, it was down around the netting that the USGA yeah. anticipates because all those drives will go all the way down to the bottom of the left side. But that's a, it's a giant green number three with two different tongues on it where you can put pins. So there will be these opportunities, you know, you can hit a ball past the pin and have it come back. But by by and large, one of the things we observed today is you
1: cannot be above the pin on really any of these holes. Really any of these holes, right? I mean, we just watch these guys tap a ball onto the surface and watch it go all the way to the front of the green. And that's going to be the theme, isn't it? That if you can keep the ball below the hole, you're going to have a chance. If you don't, bogey double is immediately in play because there's not a lot stopping these balls from getting into the into the big shit. It is a thinking man's course, and, and I think your takeaway on that is very important. By the way, it is not a coincidence that we saw John Rahm on the practice range hitting 80, 85-yard wedges uh, for about half an hour as we went down there but we can talk more about what we saw on the range in a minute I just think this is more cerebral of a golf course than any of these guys are used to playing there's just nothing like it on tour
0: and to that point as we try and, and come up with like final uh, observations around who might you know be best positioned it's going to be and then this isn't like you know real uh, rocket science stuff who has the, the who's the best suited to have patience? who's the best suited to not feel like the golf gods are out to get them when they get the unlucky unpredictable you know ball in the rough that looked like it was in a perfect position as it traveled up the fairway um who's got that the, the best sort of survival game bogey avoidance double bogey avoidance three putt avoidance the, the the safety kind of game because it's you know it's a cerebral golf course it's it's it our walk today really brought to life the things that we've been hearing other people saying about how important it is to think your way around, to take what it gives you, and then you know try and maximize opportunities. Um, one of the fun conversations we had, we ran into our beloved uh, pals, media pals, both Brendan Porath and Kevin uh, Van Valkenburg. They were walking around a little bit, so we had a great chat with them. And we tried to prognosticate the the Vegas bookmakers have set the winning score at I think seven and a half or eight, and we were trying to talk through what what we thought might ultimately be the winning score here. And and Nate, you know, I'll I'll cut to the chase for everybody. We kind of thought that double digits under par might be
1: possible out there, right? Yeah, I I certainly feel that way. I I feel like if uh, hammer the o- hammer the over right
0: well b- mainly because if the course remains in the the, the version that we experienced today the par fives especially super gettable super mm. like scoring opportunities on the fives and then the shorter three shorter par fours also depends on the pins I mean we saw yeah only only benign pins today no nefarious pins yeah. but depending on the pins, some scoring opportunities, and then it's just you know your ability to to hold serve. It, it is exactly what folks say. It is a a, a golf course with a lot of ha- half pars. There's a lot of four and a half pars. There's a lot of yes. the par the par fives will be four and a halves. There are some par fours that are four and a halves. The par threes, you know, um, the you, even though seven Joel hit three wood and driver. His driver. It was a 296-yard um, hole. to set up today.
1: Yeah, um, he, had he two hit two balls to, off the tee. You mean? Yeah.
0: And well, he did because he he's testing and whatever. But the driver right. that he hit, the he hit it to 15 feet. I mean, it was like you know. Yeah. Sure, yeah. you're right. This is it's it's not um, the length is is a challenge for sure. But if you're relatively online, um, it's not gonna. You know, brutalize you. Six might be harder because you know it's an eighty-yard wedge shot with with the hope that it'll you get a little backstop action,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, look, this is going to be. um, I I mean, I think if you ask the players if you inject them with truth serum, they're going to tell you that they think this course is going to play easier than the traditional U.S. Open, as it should, because anything else on this course and it's not fun and it's not fair. But easy is really a it's the wrong word it the scoring is going to be better, right yeah it, yep. it's it, it's not really that it's going to be easy <laughs>
0: it's, it's the right you know it's a super cool test for a venue that's hosting its first major championship and first professional competition of any sort since nineteen forty. And so it will. It's going to play the way that the golf course is is meant to be played. They're not tricking it out. They didn't squeeze the fairways. There isn't enormous rough. They didn't do the old Mike Davis USGA thing. At least the things that people allege that Mike Davis did. You know, when they wanted to complain about the USGA. This is they they the golf course has been set up in a manner that um you know let lets its values shine through. And so the values of of thinking and being able to roll with the the uh. You know unpredictability and and the unfairness of some bounces. That's that. Those are the that's the test of the golf course, and those attributes will shine through. And then we'll see if we get any sun that firms stuff up a little
1: bit, right? I think it, I think it's going to come through. They they've they've got a lot of options out there. I I think the scores that come into the weekend, it, I would be surprised if the uh, field does not back up on the weekend yeah. relative so- to what they come in on.
0: Um, we set the stage that that it's going to be awesome. It's going to look awesome on television.
1: Yes. By the way, I heard today from a, uh, source that knows house when we were not together, they only gave out 4,000 general admission tickets. Every other ticket on the ground has access to hospitality suite or something. So there are not going to be a lot of people wandering this course, which again is a good thing because there aren't a lot of places for there isn't
0: anywhere for the people to go. because the 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 ropes are not close you're not going to be you're not going to see grandstands surrounding these greens there aren't grandstands surrounding the greens you're not i mean it's going to be a different kind of
1: experience for the guys right yeah it Uh, it is it it, it's gonna i think it reminds me a little bit of harding park during covid when there was nobody allowed on the course and all the fans lined up on the fences and cut holes and were sort of shouting that way but the energy on this one is going to be unique, I think, because there are great call vast swaths of this golf course, including 13 back to 14 and beyond where people just are going to be 150 yards away.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a private golf experience for much of the round for the guys, I think. Right. And noticeably quieter than definitely quieter than a sort of standard tour event, you know, in, in in a big energy. So if there was uh, a hope that we were going to see big LA energy, out there and 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 get some some raucous behavior i don't i don't think we're gonna it ain't gonna come through on tv no it's not 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 gonna be jack
1: courtside exactly at a lakers game vibes not not at not at this event
0: no Um, I want to make sure because this news is just barely 24 hours old that we touch on uh, the news of of Jay Monahan having uh, a medical issue and you know pulling himself and 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 I think that you know uh, the tour put the press release out. Um, he's going to be out of public view for a little while while he recovers. We had the opportunity to chat with some folks about you know what we think um, is going on. But Nate, you know, what, what was your reaction? You heard the news and we, we we had a chance to talk about it. What's your reaction?
1: Yeah, th- these are, <laughs> this is a unique situation because I think a lot of people have been throwing a lot of darts at Jay Monahan over the last two weeks. And I think from a business decision-making perspective and maybe in a communication perspective, I think those darts are warranted. But... um there are a lot of easy jokes that made their way on the internet. And I think concern number one in this situation is for a guy's health. And so that's, that's where I come out. Um, there's a lot of, just a lot. I mean, look, we saw, we saw three guys dressed in, in uh, traditional Middle Eastern garb, out on the course today, yeah. uh, heckling players. I mean, there's going to be some some stuff that creeps in here because of because you know as we said, a lot of this dialogue about the live PGA Tour stuff has merged into popular culture, yeah, and and our parents and. People who are not golf fans are now getting fed a bunch of information, and it's become a big drama in a soap opera. And Jay getting, you know, whatever happened uh, to, to him from a medical perspective is part of that drama. I think if you just step back to 30,000 feet and think about being in a position where you made a very quick, uh, you know, a big time uh, sport altering decision in a short period of time that then required you to do some things that probably aren't in your strong suit, uh, going in front of the camera and communicating in a highly articulate and concise and clear way why you made the choices that you did. And then the natural consequences that come with that uh, shortcoming in in, in a skill set is the criticism that follows that Percolates into pop culture. Y- you can imagine that's stressful on a human being.
0: Yeah, and-, and and you know, let's be blunt about it. It's a soap drama of their own creation, of their own design. They deliberately went on television, yes. uh, to capture the world's imagination, to steal headlines across the world, to announce this thing that was such a, a radical departure. Radical isn't even the, the 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 tip of the iceberg in terms of the one eighty and went from you know this this very clearly does you know w- intended theater uh and 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 had the obvious desire to grab all of these headlines we will in another you know forum continue to ask why what possible yes. reason could there be yes. to do it in that manner at that time but that's not the purpose of this pod
1: n- n- no but but we do well go ahead
0: yeah no uh, and then you know suffered the consequences of catching his most important constituency by surprise, again, still don't have a good explanation for why, but it's a basically a nervous breakdown kind of thing. Very understandable when the level of stress and the lack of sleep and, you know, trying to engage in the high, uh, high wire act decision-making that they clearly had to engage in, from tuesday from being on television you know this television show that he and yasser put on until last night when the news came out like yeah i i bet he didn't get much sleep i bet his heart is under stress i bet his yes. you know the the, the, the every, everything's under stress so yeah. it's it's a kind of he, he i'm sure doctor's orders are you need to go get into a, a bed and and you know have some intravenous fluids and get some, some chicken noodle soup in you for the next couple well, of weeks. Well, listen, buddy.
1: I, I, hope it's, I hope it's as benign as that. It was concerning to me that he did not have a quote himself mm-hmm. in that press release that said, uh, you know, I, my, my full faith and trust and I intend to come back. There's no quote from Jay. And so that yeah. suggests that the health issue may be a little bit more serious. You want to give everybody their privacy. There's speculation running rampant around what it is. And all, but I don't think on the grounds right now, there are two things that are clear. One is nobody thinks this is a, uh, n- n- nobody, no serious person thinks this is a, uh, you know, uh, a-, a Saudi plot to uh, get rid of the commissioner. So let's put that sort of silliness to bed. Although, you know, the, the crazier things have happened, but that n- no one who's close to the situation believes this is anything other than a serious health issue. And I think the, the tension and frustration and, I think it has to be said anger of the players is palpable on the grounds and not the guys that we were walking with today. Like we didn't really have a lot of talk about that, but across these players in their press conferences, in their side conversations, you know, I saw Ricky Brooks's caddy having a chat with some, I mean, like there is still palpable anger, concern, confusion and I think part of this week, as crazy as it is, for these big guys is who's going to be able to totally block it out. And again, you know, when you really step back and, and think about what you hear from the podium, the guy who seems to be able to sort of shrug it off and who's always been able to compartmentalize this shit is, is, the, is the defending PGA champ. <laughs> That's
0: exactly right. I mean, it, it is uh, not a surprise that the guy that we've watched with the, the very best success at majors seems to have a psychological advantage and edge uh, and, and ability to focus on the task at hand to the exclusion of every single other thing. Um, so let's, go I mean, let's and- just say it,
1: let's say it out yeah. loud house. We heard a story from multiple sources that there was a zoom call on Friday where Victor Hovland was screaming is screaming at the commissioner. Yes. Now we 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 say that we have no confirmation we weren't there. We've heard that from two highly credible sources. If the nice smiley looks like he's baked out of his mind Norwegian young guy is screaming, "Hi Rory." There's a hell of a lot of tension that's going through and and I think that 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 could overwhelm almost anyone. So, I I just leave it at uh we hope that it, that Jay's health gets better. Uh, it, it it does not uh, change the way that the players on the course are feeling about, about their future. And I think there is part of the mental examination of this week is going to be those top guys who are sitting there still wondering, how am I going to get paid is really what they're wondering. And, and was I betrayed and did I get used um, their ability to block it out and then do the really hard final exam that this course is going to require of them. I love it when you when you talk it. Uh, final exam when all we're
0: talking about is you know the the cerebral test in front of us and the decision making and all of that. The the literally the the math problem. Let's talk about the math problem staring us in the face. That is who are we going to bet on and try and put a little bit of uh, return on investment in in we 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 had a wonderful preview with Justin Ray. Um, part of the challenge of handicapping this particular event is, uh, you need to be good in a lot of different categories. There wasn't one particular attribute. That's a strong suit having walked it a little bit today. I do feel a little bit better about a couple names that, that we talked about, um, and guys that I have a particular fondness for, but you, you also were at the range for a little bit longer than I was. So let's hear your final, uh, instincts on, on some names that we ought to have everybody pay
1: attention to. Well, we were in the, we were in the practice facility in the afternoon and, you know, the guys who are on the practice facility in the afternoon, who are going out in the morning it, to me, sometimes raise eyebrows. You'll recall the year at the masters when we saw Xander in the twilight putting just over and over and over again on that putting green. And sure enough, he was awful with the putter in the masters, right? And you could and just, then he missed the cut. And he missed the cut, and so sometimes these players will show us um, their Achilles heels in the moment. And, and I have to say, Colin Morikawa was grinding with his coach alone on the range.
0: So I, I mean, that poor guy. Sh- this should be a tremendous opportunity for him, and he's effed, and he's effed because his back went out on him. And and you just can't, you know. It's a shame. Injuries happen in sports. You know, it's it's the like. The, the Milwaukee Bucks lost to the Miami Heat because Giannis got hurt. Uh, I mean, it was going to be a fun series, and maybe the Heat ultimately would have pre- prevailed anyway, but Giannis got hurt. So it's a bummer because Morikawa has an impeccable track record here, what he did in the Walker Cup, the California connection, all those things, but but poor homie. Uh, Colin, you know, and again, I, I had said on, on Monday's show uh, that I, I was – i i had quietly thought about you know having some action on him you can't you can't bet on a guy that's coming off an injury
1: and it just looked like working with his coach he was almost i mean if the back's still bothering him he's literally looking at swing changes to save the back right Uh, right uh, and if the back's not bothering him the time off has him out of sync. It's one or the other, and right. You just you, you could see it. Now watch him come out tomorrow and shoot eight under and stuff it right down our throats. But
0: that would that, be fine. All we're saying is you know yeah, w- what we it saw. It didn't look
1: right. It, it's yeah. it, if he's teeing off tomorrow morning and he's teeing off with Max and with Scotty at eight thirteen in the morning. It, it, being on the range at three thirty is something, and it's telling. Yeah,
0: Max was out there, but what he was doing was signing autographs. Very popular.
1: I also saw somebody over all the way at the end by the hedge working very hard with his coach, Cameron McCormick, taking okay. some swings and okay. stomping his feet. And it is oh. the same guy that I <laughs> picked when you put me on the spot. Well, you our, did, I didn't uh, put you on the spot. You knew it was coming. We do it every time. I know that it was coming. And I look the that. The Jordan Spieth experience this week is going to be fascinating because it is such a thinking man's course. And there is no one who thinks out loud more fascinatingly than Jordan Spieth when he's out there with Greller. And he was tinkering today. At best, he was tinkering today. The swings looked good, but he was... Uh, turning to to Cameron and asking questions, he was doing the thing where he he sort of does the swing rehearsal that you and I hated and that sort of scares us a bit. Where he tries to get the club in the slot in the right way, and uh, it it looks like he's thinking about his swing a little bit. And so I I, I mean, we that's the roller coaster ride that is Jordan Spieth. If you if you sign up for it, you're on it. But we're gonna get the roller coaster ride. And again, he won. British Open hitting it into the merch tents, right? Or the merch trucks. And uh, like, so this is the, this is the experience, but it didn't look like he was lasered and dialed in the way that some of the other guys on the range did. Does that mean that you want to change your pick? Is that where we're going with this? I, listen, I, I said what I said. I, I think I'm going to live to regret it. I'm saying to the other birdie buddies, I, I wouldn't necessarily lock in on that one. Uh, in the same way that, you know, perhaps, House, you have softened, just like the fairways at LACC, you have softened to a certain player who you have had a lot of betting animosity towards, not personal animosity, because we like him. He's been on the show. But you've had some betting animosity. You've had some questions about whether he really has that dog in him. And I think the more that you've thought about this week and thought about his history on this course and his history in this city and thought about a single change that he's made in his golfing repertoire, which I will let you articulate, I think you've gotten a little bit more excited about one Patrick Cantley it's
0: a it's a true story and I will tell you there there is a, a combination of factors that are really making me bullish now one of them I have to give a shout out to one of my favorite um golf Twitter follows Ron close he's the Twitter handle is at PGA splits 101 follow his stuff religiously and you know he he built a model for this week that I think is just so smart he's calling it the safety model and what he did was try and grab data. He's a you know data golf statistician that covered rounds played this season um, at the elevated events and then at other difficult scoring courses. And he looked at categories like uh, bogey avoidance, three putt avoidance, double mm. bogey avoidance, fairways gain, strokes gain putting from five to 15 feet because you're going to need to make those putts to save par scrambling scrambling percentage stuff like that. Mm. And and Ron's model, you know, he, he he published the results, he puts it out there. It's it's really um the, the the best stuff. There's a guy sitting at the very top of the model over the course of this season. Uh it, it, the number one name is one Patrick Cantlay. Mm. And the combination of that, you know, um skill set, which is minimizing mistakes, being able to play survival golf, Alongside his no this, smile temperament, dude. Yeah, he had some. He has some sense of humor. But what I really think we we value here on Fairway Roland is is um, the teamwork in these majors, uh-huh. and him putting Joe Lacava on the bag is this could be the one where it really pays dividends. I yeah. just think it's it's you can't overstate how important it is to have. A grown ass uh, adult helping you navigate a challenge of this ilk with all the unpredictability or whatever—the dude who's seen everything and and has the right thing to say at the right time—they'll get their numbers and everything. I'm not worried about that part. It's the temperament part. Yeah, man, Lacava and Cantley—that's a formidable pair. Nate, dog, I'm prepared to to go ahead and make some pretty heavy investment on Patrick Cantley this week.
1: Well, I'm proud of you for coming around on that. There's one uh player who i i want to talk about uh before we go and 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 that is just very quickly as we talk about this being a cerebral thinking man's course i would have loved to seen phil mickelson play this 15 years ago um yes but you know this course is going to run dead smack in like a train collision to bryson dechambeau the scientist and only one of two things are going to happen. It's going to be a wonderful explosion or it's going to be a nightmare. And we watched him on the range today. He looked bigger than I expected him to look. His back, I mean, looks legitimately like NFL linebacker strong. He Big is dude. not, I mean, yes, he's lost some weight, but boy, does he look strong. But he had six people on the range with him. Yeah. And he was hitting drivers and he was frustrated. Um, And- you know look he's he's a little bit of a walking you know every good superhero has his theme music or whatever uh, but he, he's he, he had in it sort of trailing him a bunch of hangers on. And it wasn't the, you know, Sway House content makers. It was a bunch of different coaches, caddy, you know. So he's made some changes to the people around him. But it looked like he was really working on the science of his swing this afternoon. And I, I don't put a ton of stock into that, even though he's got an early tea time, because you remember at Wingfoot, he was out there with the lights on. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of been his, his MO is he goes late when he goes, it has to go early. So uh, do I take that? Maybe it's just the old Bryson. He's back working hard, but I, I, he's a conundrum to me because looking at him today, I would have said, wow, his back looks great. His ball trajectory looks unbelievably high. He's having trouble controlling it. He's got a lot of people around him trying to help him, but this is also the scene the night before he went out and won at Wingfoot.
0: Yeah, and the thing with with Bryson that makes it a challenge is he played Oak Hill quite well. I mean, his right. his, his, his uh, strokes gain numbers and and some of these survival numbers that we're talking about, he did very well. Um, you know, both in in the quality of his drives, but also you know getting to the greens uh, and his approach game yeah. was above average. But across, you know, he hasn't. We don't have enough data for him. Um, to really get a good gauge of where he 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 resides in terms of these survival skills, um, the, the
1: guy, the three guys dressed up in the traditional garb are gonna heckle the shit out of him this week.
0: Well, I I don't think they're gonna be there tomorrow. To be honest with you, if it's yeah. only four thousand, <laughs> you know, patrons. What do they yeah. call them in LA? Yeah. Fans. Sure. Were we allowed to call them? What's the yeah, US They're fans. Call them? They're yeah. fans for crying yeah. out. I don't. I I think Spectators. that was. A little bit of a of a lax vibe on Wednesday. Wednesday is a little bit, you know, quiet, and you're getting around, and folks are, you know, guys are signing uh, autographs during the the practice round. Really nice, just a, a really lovely walk today. Uh, I don't expect to see shenanigans, shenanigans tomorrow.
1: Well, I we'll see. So. I, I do think that the crowd is going to be, uh, I- as we spoke about earlier in the week, I- is going to be in sort of the Brooksy mode with Bryson. That that the, the CNN interview he gave did not go over well.
0: Okay. Well, uh, any any last thoughts? Any other guys you want to hit before we go?
1: That's it. I mean, please come through for me. I I, I do want to say Justin Ray picked Tyrell Hatton, and I saw Tyrell Hatton in shorts smiling a lot today. Tyrell Hatton right behind Patrick Cantlay on this model
0: that Ron Close put together. Patrick Cantlay number one. Tyrell Hatton's number two. So uh, you know, if 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 you have any reason to to believe what Justin Ray says, when he says it. Go ahead and make a little investment. but that, that that's a, a a tried and true methodology. Me and the Nate Dog have right.
1: Yeah, and, and and the last point I'll I'll make is uh, we saw Max Homa. We did a lot more relaxed, a lot looser. He looked hug, happy, hugging more people. He looked happy, completely happy, different than he happy, looked happy, happy homie. Uh, completely different than he looked coming up seventeen on Augusta on Wednesday this year which again we saw him Wednesday afternoon before both these majors this was a different an entire different energy and aura around that man I'm going to get me a little homo
0: let's end it on that note there we go my birdie buddies my par saving pals my eagle enthusiasts. Nate Dogg and I will be on the grounds tomorrow if you're in Los Angeles come by and you see us come over and say hello we would uh, love to uh, you know maybe maybe have a sip of a beer together um and we are going on the Bill Simmons podcast to give a reaction to what we've observed uh, the first day of the US Open tournament, that is tomorrow, and then Sunday night we will be on with the recap, I think we have a special guest joining us from the ringer I'll uh, just leave it at that but in the meantime, I hope that you're able to throw a peg in the ground uh, enjoy the beautiful long days wherever you are, play a little golf and if you're able to do that, please let's hit him straight out there